Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Spartan Pride Podcast. Fans First Sports Network. Jonathan Shop with you today. We're going to go around college football. In a perfect world, we do this every week in between games. So look for a Spartan summary sometime between sometime after the game and sometime Monday morning. And then the middle of the week around the world of college football. And then Friday, real good day to bet on a preview show. Kind of like the outlook moving forward. And who knows, maybe we will call it that someday. But today we go around the world of college football. We're going to talk about Mel Tucker's press conference. We'll start there because there were some interesting reactions to some questions and comments that he had about Keon Coleman and a couple other things. We will sound a loud warning that you've probably already heard. The end of the dynasty in Clemson. Oof. Yikes. Spartan fans can really, really relate to that. We'll reset the Badger Bomb of 2016 and what happened to Michigan State after that. I got a couple thoughts on Colorado and the start with Deion Sanders and company winning over TCU and what appears to be a big surprise. I don't know if it's that big a surprise or yet. It's a little too soon to know how big a surprise it is. And we'll also take a look at the six most interesting games of the week. We're going to call it the pick six. If it sounds familiar, it's because it is familiar. Who knows? Maybe we'll even bring Hondo in on that to get those six again. But I'll outline for you the most six or six of the most interesting games of the week in college football. All that today as we go around college football on the Spartan Pride Podcast on this here Fans First Sports Network. Spartan Pride Podcast, Fans First Sports Network. Jonathan Shop with you looking around the world of college football. We start this week by looking at Mel Tucker's press conference from earlier this week. I'm going to start with, I think, the most important thing, and then we'll get to the biggest thing. The most important thing I think he broke down was a really good explanation of flags. Aggressive penalties versus stupid penalties, basically. And what he said about the two is honest and accurate. What would Mel Tucker know about penalties? He's only seen them thrown for 27 years on a major college or NFL sideline. He said the Spartans can clean up aggressive flags with technique. And that's important to note because they will get flags. They want flags. It's a part of having an aggressive defense. 
you got a flagless defense, you're not going to have much of a defense, is what Tucker basically said. Stupid penalties are totally different. They're usually mental, if not always, by default. But one of the most interesting things he said so far this year was that clean you can you can clean up aggressive penalties with technique. So I keep an eye on that. Not so much this week, but in the coming weeks when Michigan State's defense is going to be tested to the extreme. He also mentioned some things about Noah Kim. You look back at that game, Kim looks steadier and more resilient than maybe you thought. He didn't start well. Nobody started well. And it was not all his fault. I think that's fair to say. But he did a good job, according to Tucker, of taking what the defense was giving him. That is really the key cornerstone to playing quarterback well, per no other source than Tom Brady, who did pretty well in his career, which appears to be over. Never say never with Brady, but it does appear that his career is finally done. Wouldn't that be something else if he found a way to come back now? That would be too much. That would be too much. Tucker said that the Spartans need to and can improve in all areas, which I think is true. And of course, he mentioned that boos were possible. And to be fair, I think that the start Michigan State had and the coaches had deserved all the boos that they got. And the cheers that came later in the day when they stretched out the 31-7 victory, those were warranted too. And one of the impressions that people have nationally of Michigan State fans is that they're pretty smart and they're going to be pretty fair. They're going to give you a pretty fair assessment of what's going on with your team. They're playing really well. You're going to get love. You're not playing well. They're not going to tolerate it too long. Tucker knows that. This ball club knows. Already learned that. And that's not going to change from here. Spartan Pride Podcast. Fans First Sports Network. Next, we're going to talk about the most, really the thing that's gotten the most reaction from Tucker's press conference as we go around the world of college football on the Fans First Sports Network. Mel Tucker was asked about Keon Coleman, who had a monster day in a huge upset. Florida State over LSU at home, just smoking them in the second half. I think they were down 17-14 at one point, and they won by a ton. Coleman has a huge day, national stage, Sunday of Labor Day weekend, nothing else on. We know what Keon Coleman can do. We don't know what he could do as an upperclassman. Florida State's going to find that out. Some people were a little surprised or turned off by Tucker's response to Coleman, his success. But what I would tell you to keep in mind is that this is a brand new era. Tucker knows that. Almost every major recruit at a high-level school is entering his college career thinking about or already planning to play for multiple programs, not just quarterbacks. I would have told you it's just quarterbacks. In fact, there's some quarterbacks that are out west right now that have already been rumored here and there to be coming back to the Midwest, let's just say, for their upperclassmen years. And who knows if that will happen. But we know Coleman went to Florida State. And it appears that Coleman may have had a plan and shared that plan with Mel Tucker, who recruited him personally in Louisiana, that there would probably only be a two-year window where he would be at Michigan State, or at least that was his plan. So Tucker saying he was happy for Keon and is pulling for him, 
is not any kind of a slap at Michigan State or a deflection at Michigan State. It's actually accepting the reality of the world of college football today. Mel Tucker has gone after and will continue to go after players who have had success in their underclassmen years at other major schools. Other major schools will continue to go after Michigan State players that have had success at pretty much any point in time. This is the modern day, the current status of college football on the top scale. I believe, as we've talked about before, any of your top quarterbacks, your top 10, and yeah, I'm even talking about the biggest names you can think of, are probably going into college thinking they're going to play at multiple programs, multiple systems. Because in reality, it's probably best for the prospects of their pro career. Even Arch Manning? Well, ask Quinn Ewers, the guy that's already been to a handful of schools, who is the top recruit in the country. Just because Arch Manning's last name is Manning does not mean that he does not necessarily have a plan to leave Texas or potentially consider leaving Texas after a year or two. This is just the way it is these days, folks. So while Tucker was one of the first to be asked a question like this, he will not be at all the only one to answer the question in such a way. I think some college football coaches will stick to the mantra that we only talk about the players that are here or that's just something I'm not going to talk about, which is fine, but I think they would probably help themselves more if they were a little closer to the Tucker answer if it was really a player that they were close to and or personally recruited. A lot of people are not happy and a little unsettled by what Tucker said, and I think that's just a reflection of how unhappy they are and unsettled they are with the current state of college football, which remains in a complete, utter, out-of-control mess. I actually have an idea for that we'll revisit one day. I think I know the absolute perfect candidate to be the commissioner of college football. And he's actually in the neighborhood. So if I told you I think Jim Harbaugh is the best candidate in the country to be the commissioner of college football, and I think it's pretty clear he doesn't really want to coach at Michigan much more, if at all, um, I wonder if you would agree. Podcast at gmail.com. We're going to be back to talk about Clemson the Badger Bomb, and more as we look around the world of college football on the Spartan Pride Podcast. When you look at what Deion Sanders in Colorado did against TCU last week, what you see is that they scored 45 points on the team that couldn't stop anybody. How much does that mean? I don't know. Shadir Sanders, 47 passing attempts. That's probably not a long-term plan for success. But your hat does go off to Colorado. I think a lot of people thought they were going to get whacked. I think TCU felt like they had a message to send because they were being overlooked and dismissed. And unfortunately for them, all the people that did were justified by a 45-42 Buffalo victory. Surely the biggest win in Colorado in a long time and not what anyone wanted to see who is not a fan of Deion Sanders. We'll learn a lot more about Colorado in coming weeks. They got Nebraska, Colorado State, they're at Oregon, then they host Southern Cal. If they are a 1-4 team, that will frame the Texas Christian win in a different light. And if they are a 3-2 team, that will also frame it in a different light. If they could win three of their first five games, I think they will have surprised a lot of people. If they do better than two wins out of this first five, my hat will come all the way off to Deion Sanders and what they've done. So I don't know if I'd jump and scream about the 45-42 over TCU. 
but I would take it as a really good sign. And now Dion's going up against an NFL coach. He's got Nebraska this week, and that is going to be one of the games that leads us into the pick six. So we'll just start there. Nebraska hosting Colorado. I'm sorry, Nebraska at Colorado. A lot of pats on the back this week for Colorado. I like Nebraska by a field goal. Why? Eh, it just seems like things are going to probably even out pretty well for those two ball clubs during the year. Purdue is at Virginia Tech. Purdue pulled another Purdue last week. Virginia Tech at home. I think they're going to handle the Boilermakers and an 0-2 start for the new regime at Purdue. I like Virginia Tech at home in that one. Ole Miss is at Tulane. This is a game in New Orleans. Technically, if you look at rankings, they are two teams that are ranked. Physically, in the one-on-one matchups, this is not close. I got Ole Miss over Tulane, but that is an interesting one to watch. As is the Cyhawk game, it's always interesting. This year, it's in Ames. We're talking Iowa at Iowa State. Boy, oh boy, how funny would it be if Iowa State had the magic here again? That would send the Hawkeyes into a world of questions. The Brian Ferentz meter, or the Ferentz line, if you will, if you know the Mendoza line from baseball. I only scored 24 last week. They're not going to score enough. Iowa State is going to handle them, take the Cyhawk, and get loud in Ames, Iowa. A couple other games to watch this week. Of course, it's Texas at Alabama. This was much closer last year than it should have been. It's not going to be as close this year. I like Alabama by more than one score, which means eight points or more for the mathematically challenged or those that are unclear about what has been said. And lastly this week, there is an interesting game. Way out west, as Stanford goes to Southern Cal. We have seen some dynasties kind of crumble. We saw Michigan State, the tail end of the Mark D'Antonio era, really go south. We saw the later years of David Shaw at Stanford go pretty far south. And I think we're going to get a sad reality of how far down Stanford is when they get waxed by Southern Cal at 1030 Saturday night on national TV. I would look for Southern Cal to win big, but that is an interesting game to catch. So that's a look at the pick six this week. Let's talk about the Badger Bomb next. As those of you who are Clemson fans or admirers of Clemson, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, boy. Here on the Spartan Pride Podcast, Fans First Sports Network. If you ask Spartan fans when the Mark D'Antonio era dynasty was over, they should have about five seconds to point you to the Badger Bomb of 2016. Michigan State was ranked second in the country, coming off a near come from ahead loss at Notre Dame, but they held on. Some other things happened. Michigan State is ranked second in the country, and here comes Paul Christ and Bucky Badger. Michigan State loses 30-6 to at home. Thus, the Badger Bomb nickname. Michigan State football goes 25-24 and the rest of the Mark D'Antonio era. 
there is no question when the end of the great run went kapoof. It was that game at home against Wisconsin, the Badger Bomb in 2016. The same can be said for Dabo Swinney now. So many of you saw the game on Labor Day Monday night. They were on the road, but at Duke. And Clemson loses 28-7 to in a festival of mistakes and turnovers inside the scoring red zone. I know they got a young quarterback, and I know they got some changes made. And I also know that the dynasty at Clemson, as we knew it, is over. And that game was the end of it. So whether Swinney goes 30-10 and 10 from here, or whether he finally considers going to the NFL, whatever happens, this is the day. This is unfortunately the day that the great run for Clemson ended. Well, they had 422 yards. Well, they rushed for 213. That's all true. They lost 28-7 at Duke. Duke is not a top 25 team. Duke is not a top 15 team. Maybe the jury's out on top 25. But the unbelievable run for Davo Swinney is over. I think it's all over. And we will look back at that point in time as the turning point to where the magic days for Clemson ended. Just like his friend Mark D'Antonio watching it blow up the Badger Bomb, a 30-6 to loss at home in 2016, because Swinney and D'Antonio are, are relatively close for those unfamiliar. You can imagine the feelings going the other way from guys that are close with Davo Swinney after what happened last Monday night on Labor Day. I'm not saying it's the end of Clemson. I'm saying it's the end of the great run of Davo Swinney. I hope that it doesn't get worse from here. But he is a guy that probably should have got out of college football sooner than later. He does not like the game right now. He does not like what's going on. It has shown. It has carried over to his program. And it's not a good sign for what's coming next for Clemson. We will stay very much tuned to them. And they will certainly be in the mix of the pick six during many, many weeks. In fact, their schedule is a joke for the next two weeks. Charleston Southern and FAU. But then they got Florida State at home and they go to Syracuse. And you need to mark those dates down because there's a really good chance it's going to be a bad fall for the colors in Clemson. Spartan Pride Podcast, Jonathan Shop. Thanks for joining us. We went around the world of college football. Coming up later this week, another chat with Hondo Carpenter about the 2013 Spartans. We're going to chase it again. And then, of course, a preview of Michigan State Enrichment right here on the Fans First Sports Network Spartan Pride Podcast.